It's really all about freedom. It's always been about freedom, but we are afraid and lack the courage to step into our own definition of freedom. I believe we're meant to live authentically from our heart and our soul, using our intuition to guide us, not our analytical minds. For us, for all of us, I believe we need to live our truth, discover our gifts and unique abilities, and to build a life around that truth, that knowing. This is the journey for all of us, a heroic journey. Join us through this podcast and let's learn, question, discover, challenge, envision, and conspire together to live into our most inspired authentic selves. Today, we're going to talk about a freedom from suffering. And it's a really interesting topic that we want to explore today. And one of the things that I remember as a young man was a quote that my buddy had up in his home. And it said something that along the lines that 10% of what happens in life is what happens to you. And, and 90% is the way that you react to it. And I've always found that very true. So many people focus on control, controlling their life. And so little of our life we do control. And so in that attempt for control, you know, we get upset by what happens to us. And that's something that we can't often control at all. And the brilliance comes when you let go of the control and find acceptance and you react to what happens to you and you choose to react in a certain way that gives you freedom from that and freedom from the suffering that can can happen from those things that happen. Mark, how has this worked in your life? How has suffering affected you and how have you found a way to find freedom from it? That's an excellent question. Like everybody, I have had my moments of suffering, physically, emotionally, and mentally. Always been very sensitized to it. I think somehow when I look at how I am and how I perceive others in situations, I tend to be more on the sensitive side than maybe what I perceive to be the average person. And my suffering seems to correlate with that. I have a kind of a I'm attuned to suffering, if you will. And even as a kid, I always was troubled when I saw other people suffering. Whether it was health, no matter what it was. But I have some really interesting quotes that I'd like to kind of share and kind of move off of. So Corey, you said something really interesting about choosing, choosing how we react to situations. And that really is very, very true. That's been true for me. It is true for the human race. But some really cool quotes from Buddha on the topic of suffering. Quote number one, pain is certain, but suffering is optional. And that's really interesting. So when you deconstruct that, you go, well, how is that optional? And one word comes up in answering that question, which is choice. Like you said, how do we react to the pain, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional? 
I had the hardest time choosing not to suffer when I'm in physical pain. And, you know, you know a little bit of my history that I suffered from chronic headaches in my 20s and 30s, and it got better, and it has improved, but I still go through periods of time where I may have some of that. And as hard as I try not to react negatively and resist it and fight it, it's hard for me. Emotionally, it's easier, and mentally, it's easier. But it does always come down to kind of choosing how you are with the pain. The other interesting quote from Buddha is that the root of suffering is attachment. Whatever it is that we're attached to, we might be attached to perfect health. And when we're not perfectly healthy, we suffer. That kind of is a profile for me. I'm attached to that. Attached to that wanting. That's why I've been always so focused on good health and having good health. But really, it's an attachment to an idea at the end of the day. It's not that it's a bad idea, but I have an attachment to it. And so when things go south, yeah, I suffer. I suffer. And in the suffering, for others or for myself, I've sought solutions to ease the suffering. And I would say that the biggest track that I have been on is trying to both detach from the idea and to look for other ways of viewing it, other ways of looking at what I'm going through. One of the things that's been easy for me to kind of latch on to is I do see this positive side of suffering. Sometimes suffering helps in my growth personally. Sometimes it leads me to something that I would not have perhaps gone to which ended up to be a good thing. So a lot of ways of looking at it. And I think at the end of the day, that's a bit of a lesson with suffering is to not be afraid of it, but to accept it for what it is and look for ways to ease it for yourself if you can. And if you can't, then do your best to just be with it because life goes on. And hopefully in this discussion, I hope that between the three of us, we'll share enough ideas and concepts that bring awareness on the subject to others. And hopefully some of the things that we share will help other people with it. And I'll say one other thing to your question about what helps. And I would say that meditation is one of the primary tools I use certainly to ease the mental suffering and the emotional suffering as much as anything. And that's because in the art of meditation, we learn to let thoughts go, to just let them go and not to chase them. Because a lot of this stuff for me, if I deconstruct it, it comes from spinning out on these, could be a fear, spinning out on an assumption, something that I really need to know the answer to, don't know the answer to, so I make up the answer. Because certainty of something false seems to be better than uncertainty of something that I don't know. <laughs> it's weird, but it happens. And so the meditation helps me let go of that. You know, Mark, with that said, one thing make me reflect on briefly is, you know, my, my son is struggling in school, right? He's just not excited about school. He just 
it's not his thing at least it's not his thing right now right which is another thing we have to accept is it it's not forever right it's just right now it isn't um, which can relieve some suffering this is most suffering is temporary or you can help make it more temporary <laughs> and sometimes most suffering comes from not knowing when it's going to end when especially in physical pain but for me and this is a conversation I'm with his mom my former wife is she's like he's struggling in school and I go it's supposed to be a challenge you know and he hasn't found his way there it's a challenge and our job is to encourage him and help him through that challenge so it doesn't turn into suffering right it turns into something that is facilitates him growing into that struggle growing into that challenge and working through that and finding the work ethic and the tools that he does so as you said you know there's a positive side to suffering if you take it that way is that challenge that comes from it and it opens doors where you thought they were close to you or you didn't think you were good enough or whatever it is and and my son is dealing with that and her take on it's very different than mine which actually causes other suffering <laughs> but that's a whole another podcast so with that said you know aries and you could talk about something else too but you have anything to say I like this idea of the the positive side of suffering and and kind of going back to this idea of freedom from suffering, what suffering brings and yeah, how to alleviate it. Well, I mean, on the topic, in terms of quotes, I mean, one of the things that that really stuck or stuck with me was I was part of a coaching program back when I was doing real estate, and there's this gentleman by the name of Matthew Ferry, and I went to one of his events. And I don't know where he got this from, but he he said that our opinions are the source of our suffering. And so that made me like, I had to take a step back and really process and think about that. And it's true, right? It's like, we all have an opinion about something. And if we take it for what it is, that it's just our opinion, you know, we could be okay with it. But when we when we have an opinion that things should go a certain way or things should be like this, then that does cause suffering. Or if someone has an opinion that is different from yours and that, you know, two people can bump heads and that can create suffering, right? Because they see it this way, another person sees it this way. And so that really stuck with me. And so I just wanted to share that, get you guys to think about that for a minute. But when when I think about suffering for myself, I mean, I would say right now in this season of my life, I mean, it's definitely just being a dad, just fatherhood, man. I mean, you you think about like attachment, you guys brought up attachment control. It's like I have this responsibility or this responsibility of raising, I got three boys into men, right? And so I have based off of how I was raised and what I didn't or what I liked or didn't like about my childhood and and all that has kind of molded me to, you know, the dad that I am today. And I'm trying to raise my boys a certain way. And when, you know, when they don't do things the way you want them to be done, or you have to tell them over and over again, I experience a lot of frustration 
anger and and all of that is suffering for me like those are things that that I'm dealing with and I know those are things also that I have to let go I have to kind of accept that one they're still kids right that's part of the process I'm going to have to tell them to hang their towel every day and it might take 10 years before it actually clicks but I got to kind of accept that that's kind of what it is and you know back to controlling the things that only we can control which is how I approach and react to these situations right and if I keep reacting the same way that causes me more suffering I got to change my approach you know and that's not always easy cuz we always we get into kind of these patterns and these habits and so yeah suffering for me right now has a lot to do with just parenthood <laughs> raising three three boys right now so so are you are you finding some way to deal with it successfully you know like back to how you cope with and deal with suffering a couple of things that have helped me is is definitely expressing your suffering to somebody right i think to me that's one way of releasing it you know whether it's like you're venting to somebody or you're just telling someone how you feel and a lot of times when you when you do that you release those emotions you release that energy and i know that tends to make me feel a lot better in this case i turn to mel and i tell her babe you know i'm feeling this way or i need you to handle this or you know this is how i'm feeling right now and this is why so that's one thing that's helped me and then you know i think this kind of lines up with meditation too for me it's prayer you know i mean i i pray to god you know, when when i get to a certain place where i just can't you know where i'm very frustrated and i know i can't really certain things are just out of my control to me that's a great exercise to release that right in my way right i'm praying to god and i'm i'm releasing that to him and saying i know you're in control i know i'm not in control of all this so that gives me the peace of just knowing like yeah I, you know there's a lot of things that i'm not in control of and so i just kind of kind of let that stuff go thank you Aries. one of the quotes that i mentioned to you all is and, and there's a thread here that I'm finding in a lot of these quotes is something along the lines of almost all of human suffering is caused by not accepting what is. So your suffering is caused by you not accepting what is. And that goes back to that 90, 10, 90% what happens to you or 10% what happens to you. 90% is how you react to it. The root of suffering is attachment. Pain is certain, suffering is optional. Our opinions are the source of our suffering. Those all tie into those common things. And ultimately, we can only control ourselves, as Aries pointed out. Those weren't his exact words, but ultimately, if my dogs are going to bark right now during the podcast, you know what? I, there's very little I can do to control that. And I can, I can fret about it. I can be uptight about it. They can distract me. I can hope no one comes and just, just sit here and be on pins and needles because I don't want that to happen. Or I can accept they're going to bark or they're going to not. And either we'll leave it in or we'll edit it out or something, right? So another thing that I found in my life too, which was something that wasn't acceptance, maybe naivety, immaturity, but when I 
first got married, I I was like, God, she's wonderful. Well, except this and that. And, well, you know, and, well, I'll change those. <laughs> so a lot of my suffering in life, in my younger life was like, well, I'll, I'll change that person. I've found that I can't change anyone. And it goes back to your thing with your, your kids' areas, right? I, my son just came to me and said, I don't want to play soccer anymore, Dad. He loved soccer. He wanted to play in the World Cup. He wanted to be professional. He goalkeeper. He's really good. He's on the best team in town type of scenario. And he's over it. And I played soccer, but I was always okay with that. If you want to play soccer, you can play soccer. But it's still a little bit like, okay, so what's next, right, for him? But I can't change people. The one thing I have found is I can only change myself because ultimately that's who I have control over. And even that, I probably have 20% control over me completely if, if I'm honest, right? My heart's going to keep on beating. My lungs are going to keep on filling up and going. The blood is going to keep on going. There's so many things in my own self that I'm out of control over as well. But there are things that I can eat better, take time for myself, get better sleep, just better nutrition. But the only person I seem to be able to change is myself. And I can guide and lead other people at some level, but they're going to have to embrace it. And they're going to have to find the motivation, the drive, the eye of the tiger, whatever you want to call it, for whatever they're passionate about. And hopefully those things line up in your life so you find a great friend or you have a great relationship with your child or not. But ultimately, in my one of my more recent relationships, I feel like I really just accepted her for all that she was, kind of warts and all, right? And there weren't too many warts, but there was things I was like, mm, that's not the greatest thing, you know? But I was like, eh, I'm crazy about her. I love her. And I would, you know, do this or this or that. And so accepting areas and something you think about too, and, and I'll reflect on this as well, is my son's not me. This is not 1974 when I was born. This is different time with social media, with different sports, with different pressures on them. They're going through COVID, in my case, uh, as a preteen. He's had four girlfriends, and he's in seventh grade. Maybe seventh grade, eighth grade, I had one girlfriend. I, I don't know. It lasted for like, you know, two weeks. So, you know, so... But accepting that his life and his path is different than mine. And sometimes his parents are suffering. And I see a lot of parents do that too. Like, I want my kid to be this way. They want to need to be a doctor or they need to be a lawyer or they, they need to take over the family business or they need to play the same sport as I did. I like ballet. You need to do ballet. So, I mean, how have you all dealt? So, Mark, too, one of the things you asked Aries, and you brought up meditation. Aries brought up expressing himself in, in prayer. But for me, a lot of that is acceptance of others and acceptance of myself has been one of those things that's been a, a growing point for me in a place where I can I can take a deep breath and I just accept. And it's not always easy, but it's something I work on. I mean, I would add self-reflection to that too, right? It's like when you're suffering... And the hope is you are doing some self-reflection and you're asking yourself, why am I suffering, <laughs> right? And so back to accepting kind of where things are at, whether it's a certain 
place you are in your life or there are certain things that you need to work on, right? It's knowing those things. I think that's where the positive can come from the suffering, right? Is the hope is that you're able to grow from that and mature and just have a better perspective. You know, like I I think about like with relationships, for example, right? You break up with someone that you care about deeply. And all of us, I'm sure we've experienced heartbreak, you know, at one form or another, but you do that and, and you feel hurt. And I think a big part of that is you got to understand kind of one, why you're hurting, right? Like, why do you feel that way? And, you know, what did or didn't work out in the relationship? And then how do you grow from it? And then you get to a point where, where you do accept it and you've, you've grown from that. And I think that's where a real positive comes from suffering is because you have that perspective is when you are in storms and things aren't looking so good that you've been in storms before and you know this too shall pass, right? That it's temporary. You're feeling you're suffering a lot right now, but there is going to be a point where you're not suffering anymore, right? So I think that helps just the experience of the suffering, right? Like I think about athletes, like, you know, I'm still a Charger fan. The team took a huge blow this past week. You know, our all-pro safety basically tore his meniscus, right? And so, like, if you go through an injury like that, I think one one of the things that you got to do, too, is you got to, like, lean on other people that have gone through that because they could tell you how hard it's going to be, right? But then they, you know, they've also, they've gone through that and they're past that. They're behind that. So, I think that also helps too, is leaning on and turning to people that have maybe gone through similar type of suffering that you're currently going through to kind of give you that that hope that it's not it's not going to last forever. Aries, I I thought you were going to say being a Chargers fan was the cause of your suffering in general. Oh, that too, that too, but but not not torn meniscus, which I get too, but that might be long term suffering, Aries. I'm just saying, you know, being sure. a Chargers fan. No, and it has been. And I think about my suffering for that. And it's like, as a sports fan, you think your team needs to win every every game. You know, it's like, and when they lose, trust me, I mean, things were pretty bad during my years as a Chargers fan. But then you realize, you're like, man, like, what am I tripping over? You know, Aries, with the whole sports thing, and it brings up, this and kind of these doors that open up and the suffering you know when i went through my divorce uh, somehow i got this crazy idea of running really really long races right like you know started out with a 50k and then you know i read this book got me into 50k and i found out there's this race called the san diego 100 and i'm like oh my gosh there's a 100 mile ultra marathon here in san diego like i'm doing that and i set a timeline in two years i was going to run it and I did. I went out and did it. And and through that, there's a few things that happen through that. One, you run 100 miles, you're going to be suffering. There's going to be times you're going to feel amazing. But no matter how good you feel, you're going to feel a lot worse. And also, on the other hand, no matter how bad you feel, you're going to feel a lot better. And ultimately, the race does end, right? There is a conclusion to that pain. And on top of that, because of the pain of my divorce and working through that, 
it opened up this opportunity to this whole different world of something that I had missed out on or hadn't embraced yet. And I found this whole other part of me and this whole other side, as well as these other crazy maniacs. I mean, the amazing thing about ultra running is, you know, if you're like a sponsored, I don't know what sponsored people get. Okay. But you win a race, like most races, you get like a first place trophy. You just ran, went out and ran for 20 hours through the mountains on trail and like there's no tv coverage for this there's very little sponsorship and and everyone kind of thinks you're nuts because you just ran 100 miles and you do that for fun right but through that i met these great people that just they're not out there for it doesn't seem like they're out there for glory they're just great people and you get to go out and run with them and compete with them and that's amazing as well but with that for me and you guys talk about prayer and meditation you know, me being out there on the trail and, and being in nature is very cathartic isn't the right word, but just really is it brings me to my roots, right? I feel in touch with earth in the world and myself, as well as it gets to this part where there's a meditative state in that, where it gives you a lot of time, where there's nothing else going on. You can't think about anything else, or you've got nothing else but time to think about and reflect on what you have going on. So through that divorce, I got ultra running, which gave me out to nature, which got me into a place where I found I could meditate on my own. I met amazing people. I challenged myself in a way that I, in some senses, I never thought was possible for me to do, or honestly, anyone to do. And that all came through suffering, right? And how did I react to it? I reacted to it. And I, I had this conversation with me. I'm like, dude, okay, I'm getting divorced. I got to do something with this energy. And I literally said this to myself. It may not be PC, but I could do hookers. I could do drugs. I could do alcohol. I mean, seriously, I'm like, or I could do something healthy for myself. Now, arguably running hundred miles may not be the healthiest thing, but <laughs> not on your knees I mentioned, it's definitely better than all of, you know, those things. So, I really like that pain, the relief from that suffering and the way that we can find that. I mean, speaking of pain, right? And Mark mentioned growth. You know, can you have growth without pain? Because I think about when I was younger, I remember I used to wake up maybe, maybe I was around maybe six or seven. I used to wake up at night because my knees hurt and I'd be crying at night. I remember my dad, he'd come in and console me and he rubbed Vicks on my knees and, you know, going to the doctor and they said, you know what it is? It's you're experiencing growing pains, right? And that's our bodies kind of getting big, you know, growing. I'm growing as a boy, right? And so, and through that, it, it created some pain in, in my knees. And I imagine other people might experience growing pains in other areas. But again, can you truly grow without experiencing some pain? I don't think you always have to have pain to grow. But I think the positive side of suffering is it moves things. I think it's hard to suffer and not want some change to happen of some sorts to relieve the suffering. It's kind of like, at least this has been my experience, if I didn't suffer at all, definitely don't think I'd be the person that I am today. 
Absolutely. And I say that like some of the good things that I am have come from suffering. But it's an interesting question whether you need it to grow. I mean, there's like different levels of growth too. But I think all the good stuff, I remember having this conversation with my acupuncturist. We were talking about some of my maladies and I thought, you know, for the first time in my life, it's crazy I'm going to say this, but I feel like this thing that I've like been dealing with, I think it's a gift because it's forced me to think things, think of myself differently. Like, for example, some of these beliefs that we we hold, are they really true? Are they really necessary? They actually, kind of to the points that both of you have made, some of these beliefs, these ideas, these thoughts, actually created the suffering. By not wanting the suffering and realizing that's what's causing it, you look for a way to divorce yourself from that habit of thought and to shift your paradigm, shift your way of being, your way of thinking. That, that's been my experience with it. So bring it on. <laughs> you know, one of the questions I've asked myself was if I could repeat one year in my life, one year in my life, what would that year be? That's a pretty cool question. And my answer when I thought through it was quite shocking to me but it was a year that i went through a lot of pain but through that pain and suffering came massive amounts of growth in myself so if you think about that in your life obviously you can share that if you want to but if you can think through that like if you could repeat one year what that year before bring man that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, but I've got mine. I've got mine. I think the toughest year of my life was my parents' divorce. And I was thrust. I mean, no one asked me to take this on. I guess it's just the way I was wired. But the relationship had gotten so bad that when my dad left, the friction continued and we had constant issues with alimony. And I, on some level, was definitely thrust into it because my mom wouldn't talk to my dad and if she needed to know something, she'd ask me to talk to my dad, okay? So at 13, trying to find my way in the world, I was constantly distracted with this dynamic that was going on between my parents and the divorce. It created a lot of pain and suffering, but I'll tell you what it did is it taught me to understand two sides of a warring faction. <laughs> and to realize at the end of the day, there's kind of no right or wrong. I mean, everyone was just dealing with their both my parents were dealing with their own reality as it was. No one was deliberately being malicious to me or to each other. They just could deal with the situation as it was. And they did it in a way that was very hurtful for everybody. But I found a way to kind of remain somewhat in a neutral ground 
to cope with it because I had to go back and forth and like just figure out how to deal with this. So my mediation skills and my sensitivities to people going through conflict and how to deal with that from the outside gave me some great people skills, which I don't think I would have had without that. And it went beyond one year. Now, it also created some really bad habits because I couldn't express, for example, I could not express my anger that I had for my dad in the way he was dealing with my mom and dealing with me because I could not have that conversation with him. So the way I dealt with it, and many years later in talking when I was in therapy, this particular therapist said, well, believe it or not, you may berate yourself for this behavior, but it actually was very therapeutic and it probably really actually did help you, believe it or not. And this is what I would do is I would find myself walking the neighborhoods into the late night, into the early morning of the night, having conversations, like a, kind of like a crazy person, really. I would be acting out conversations with my dad. This is what I would say, and this is what he would say, and I would say this. And then he would say this, and I would say that. And I went over and over and over, one situation after another, having these conversations. As a kid, I didn't really think anything out of it, but this is just my way of coping with it. Later in life, I'd look back on it and I said, my gosh, that's like what that's like what crazy people do. It's like what delusional people do. <laughs> they have these imaginary conversations. That's what I was doing. But apparently it served somewhat of a purpose, even though I greatly suffered through that particular behavior. So an interesting side note to what turned out to be more growth than not. Thanks for sharing that, Mark. Aries, did you find an answer in there or you want to pass for now? I mean, in terms of a year, I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind in terms of like suffering was kind of like that year when I went through a difficult time financially, just kind of having foreclosed on a condo that I bought during the, during the real estate boom, the bubble. Right. And so that was a very difficult year going through it, like looking back and kind of everything that happened, but there was so much good that came out of that. Right. So back to like, you know, thinking about going through something or suffering and then growth happening, that was definitely the case in that situation where, you know, I was kicking myself because, you know, I foreclosed on this property. I'm like, man, how could I have gotten in this situation? But I wasn't the only one. But still, I'm like, dude, like I was just being really hard on myself, right, for making some bad decisions, whether just through inexperience, being naive, whatever, right? And so, and it was during that time that I did a lot of soul searching, just reflecting. Ultimately, it kind of propelled me to take some steps in terms of kind of my my spiritual life and going back to church and my relationship with God and and all of that kind of snowballed into me like proposing to Mel, right? And and doing all of that. And the funny thing too is regarding all that was as a I'll say as a man, at least for me in the culture in the American culture and kind of what's put out there is like you go to college, you become a professional, get a good high paying job, you know, get married, start a family, buy a house, right? Like all those different milestones. 
and I know it was so true to me at the time where prior to me proposing was I had my life needed to be a certain way before I could commit myself to somebody else and, and settle down and marry. Right. But when all that happened, none of that, none of that was in place. I mean, my life was a mess in terms of kind of hitting those milestones in the American dream. But what was in place, though, was was my faith. I knew who I was. I knew that at the end of the day, for me, it was a matter of me committing to taking care of someone and loving someone, right? It was about them. So like, so those were things, huge shifts that were happening for me. And I, I grew a ton since then. And so looking back at it, I, I definitely don't, I don't regret it. You know, if knowing what I know now would have done things differently, definitely, right? But I only know what I know now because I've went through that experience, right? I went through that hardship. I went through that tough season. And that's where you really learn learn a lot about yourself, I think. And I think that's part of life's process is just you getting to know yourself better. You know, Aries, in, in that process, one of the things thinking about all that you were able to create from that and through those challenges, when you do that reflection and you slow down and beat yourself up a little bit and accept, it seems like it brought you back to knowing who you were, right? And then from that, you were able to attract everything that you wanted, right? Because you got back down to those the roots of who you are. You took control of what you could take control of, which was you, and you made yourself the man that you were, and you built what you wanted, and you thought that you needed to have this to attract that, and this whatever success of the American dream was. And instead that place that probably tore that all apart was probably in some sense of potential, even a salvation for you, right? Because that the path that you were going to go on could have led to a place that was much less fulfilling and maybe wouldn't have attracted and helped create this beautiful family and life that you, you have. So, I mean, that seems like a common theme for us in here is, you know, that the suffering and pain, how you react to it and working through it and the reflection and the tools helps bring us to a place of greater clarity and in a place where we can bring things to others and, and lead others. And, and maybe that's part of what we're doing on this podcast is sharing our you know experiences of things that really happened in our life that have brought us freedom from from suffering and and other topics we're gonna have yeah there's so much suffering that comes from trying to be someone that you're truly not right yes that's a big one yeah no i mean that's huge and when when you do realize who you truly are there's less suffering (laughs) because of that I mean, that's definitely been the case for me. And then I'm sure that's been the case for you guys too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when we look at our paths forward and the places where we've come from and where we are, they, they don't necessarily, we don't expect to end up where we are. And again, that's acceptance as well. You know, I've had those 
you know, for me at some point in time, I was again going into my marriage. Like I was like, all right, like I'd had a couple long-term relationships and I was in my late twenties and I was like, I'm ready for something real, you know? And like, you know, it was just, and maybe that's just my own biological clock ticking or something like that. But I was all right, dating here and hanging out in PB just wasn't that much fun anymore. Like I'd outgrown it. And, but those changes too, but I had this idea of what needed to be as well. And it, it led me to a path that I don't regret, but really probably wasn't the core of what I wanted. And with time comes some wisdom for that. You know, I was really listening to another quote, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing these. I wish I had them more locked down, but you're in this place of chaos. And right now, a lot of us are in this chaos right now with in the United States with the pandemic and globally with the pandemic. Our kids are doing virtual stuff. People are working virtually. People are without jobs. And a lot of these things are really, really painful. I mean, you know, and much more challenging than, than I have right now. I mean, my, my kid having to be at home with me to do digital learning, like, oh, my life is so tough. You know, like there's people with like a lot more suffering than that, although it is painful. And, you know, but through this chaos, right, that we have right now in the, in the world, with the economy, with our chaos right now, with the political and the election and some of the divisiveness and social injustice, a lot of suffering out there. But through all this chaos, at the other side of the chaos is clarity. And in all that clarity probably won't happen at once, right? But we've talked finances, like people are buying dogs. And, you know, there's the COVID dog, right? How many people have gone out and got RVs or boats, which might be, you know, retail therapy. But other than that, they're actually saying, I want a boat so I can go hang out with my family and my friends. You know, they didn't have to have a boat before to do that, but they're decided to stay local and do something outdoors, right? Or take a trip into the woods, the mountains, and be in nature with this RV. And so they're getting back down. Hopefully, my belief is, and my hope is, that people are getting back down to the core of what they want. And even though they can't have all the things that they want right now because of some of the restrictions and just being smart, they're getting to the core of where they are. And again, this chaos will bring clarity on the other side without being too into politics. You know, when, when you go from a, the first African-American president, right? That there a lot of people like racism is over in the United States, right? We elected our first African-American president and it's kind of ridiculous, but people, I've heard people say that. And on the other hand, that has created the other side of that, which has created a lot of conversation. Well, I don't know if it created it, but you go from that to the social injustice that we're seeing right now and some of the shootings and these types of things that this is total, total chaos. But unfortunately, we have to go through this suffering and this uncertainty and, and scary times for people and people flexing their rights, First Amendment rights to defend what they think is right. And it's messy, it's messy. But through this, hopefully, and I expect we will, come out a better country and people have a better core to who they are and what they want and what they'll accept and what they'll tolerate and what they're willing to fight for. And 
there's there's another quote which is along the lines of and you guys find us like if if you're not willing to die for something about living isn't there something like that and i can't place it but what are you what are you living for what are you willing to die for mm-hmm. freedom freedom the new hampshire license plate live free or die live free or die <laughs> mark any any other final thoughts i've got a final quote normally i like like tying it all up but i'm gonna throw something out to just give some more food for thought on this topic because one of the things we haven't talked about and maybe we can come back to it at some point we've talked about dealing with our own suffering but how do we how do we reconcile the suffering of our brothers sisters out there and you know certainly think of that right now with the social injustice that we're struggling with as a country but another one from buddha have compassion for all beings rich and poor alike each has their suffering some suffer too much others suffer too little thought that was pretty interesting and what stuck out to me was compassion right love and compassion i mean that's how we deal with our brothers and sisters that are going through that is it yeah it's the only way and then quick follow-up on that is on yourself if you truly loved yourself you could never hurt another that's true when you really think about it i mean if you had to pick one word that would just just trite as it may sound but it is true if you had to pick one word that would ease all the suffering in the world love would be it love would be it love for self yeah for others yep my final thought is you know back to how do we how do we get freedom from suffering is is to figure out who you who you truly are because i think through that i think that's how you you learn to love yourself i think that's a process of loving yourself and through that loving others so yeah nice I'll build off of both of you, which is often I think about Maslow's seven hierarchy of needs, right? And there's that base part where you're just in survival, right? And then you go up the chain. And I think the six, and I'm again, always as always paraphrasing, but the six is just you know, kind of your own self actualization, acceptance, and in touch with you and excelling, right? And the seventh is help bringing that to the world, helping others do the same. And I think ultimately we have to find our roots, our core. And through our discussion today, a lot of those traits that we have that have made us who we are and have given us insight and realization to what's most important to us has come through challenges which included some pain and suffering but then reflecting on that meditating looking at different perspectives has allowed us to get more in touch with ourselves and actually come to that place where we're in touch with ourselves 
that allows us to attract great things to ourselves and change the lives of others. And that's, that's pretty yeah, cool. Awesome. That's powerful. That is cool. So, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been a great one. Nice clothes. Yep.